Right. Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't, um, you know, we definitely, we've called it some other things in journalism and marketing. It's a hook, but it's the same concept, right? It's the same way of being able to write or speak to catch someone's attention right away. Make sure that, you know, people have always had kind of short attention spans and now there's so much around to distract us people really just want to know if it's worth their time to watch or listen to you or else they're just going to scroll on to the next thing yep so talk a little bit about what your business is today now that you've retired from the the news and journalisms what are you doing today I do feel like that skill set is is alive and well because what we do for clients on the Hello, Empower Nation. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and we talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Free Money Tips Book. Dot com. Head over to that website, get your free ebook, Seven Steps to Get You Started on Your Financial Journey. On today's episode, I am interviewing Cindy with Ascent Story Craft, and she's going to teach you how to tell your story and the best way to do it for each of the social media platforms. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. How are you today? I am so good, Angela. I'm so thankful to be here today and get a chance to talk with you. I love the show. Thank you. Why don't we go ahead and start off with your story and your journey and kind of how you got to what you're doing today? Sure. Well, my journey is a little bit unconventional. I did not start in marketing. I actually started as a journalist and my the beginning of my career, I was actually traveling all over the country. I worked at NBC affiliates in really small towns like Parkersburg, West Virginia, shout out to uh, WTAP. Um, but yeah, like that was really how I started to tell stories and uh, really get to the heart of a message. So I've always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed being a writer and being able to to capture things in, in writing. I was school newspaper person and I went into college thinking public relations but quickly changed over to broadcast journalism because there's really nothing like talking to people and hearing their story right we were talking about this with because of the podcast and and why you wanted to start so that was really what what started me out on this journey and I came in at a time where you had to be a one-man band kind of person. So even though I was anchoring the morning news, I was also developing the show, producing the show. Um, if there was breaking news, I had to go out and film it and cut it and write my own stories. And because wow. it was really small newsrooms, I also had to learn how to post it on social media. So this is way back, like when... Facebook just became available for businesses. And I had this opportunity because no one seemed really interested in social media. The higher ups were like, what is it? This is another thing we have to do. Like they didn't really see the appeal. And 
So I got a chance to take it on and immediately saw the value in it because I was posting my stories and getting feedback on those stories. And then again, in a small town, like having to come up with a different news hook for every show, like your story might not change. The big story of the day is probably just the big story of the day. It wasn't New York City. There's not a ton of news happening, right? So we had to keep it ways to keep it fresh and honestly getting the feedback from people and having people ask questions through Facebook comments, like really allowed me to do a better job. And it stayed with me throughout my entire career. I went on to do print journalism and I ended my career as the executive editor of a luxury magazine. Um, but through all of that, like social media has been very important and, you know, really getting a sense of, you know, what's in it for the reader and how to share stories that uh, build community and, and build brands and make people feel seen and heard. Yeah, I like that. So your curiosity about the stories started off very early in your career. And um, I know you went to college at Columbia and you were, t- and, um, you were studying digital marketing there too. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And then also the hook. You, I think the hook was not the hook when you were doing the hook, right? So when you're thinking about um, promotion and social media, you were already using hooks to get people interested in the news, right? Right. Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't, um, you know, we definitely, we've called it some other things in journalism and marketing. It's a hook, but it's the same concept, right? It's the same way of being able to write or speak to catch someone's attention right away. Make sure that, you know, people have always had kind of short attention spans and now there's so much around to distract us people really just want to know if it's worth their time to watch or listen to you or else they're just going to scroll on to the next thing yeah so talk a little bit about what your business is today now that you've retired from the the news and journalisms what are you doing today I do feel like that skill set is is alive and well because what we do for clients on the agency side in a sense storycraft is they come to us and basically kind of spill their guts and we talk about everything like all the things that they have planned for their business what they're looking to achieve how they're looking to communicate with their audience and we put that into a content plan and then figure out the best ways to distribute the message so basically it's taking that um like what's inside the founder. I always find that founders are so close to their message and they're so close to what they do that sometimes they just do it automatically and they don't even see the value in what they do. So spending time with like, it's a very like, it's an interview approach because I'm just spending time to understand what you do, what you do and how you do it and why you do it. And then we translate that into content. And I also have a membership uh, content crafters where I teach people this process and how to DIY it. Yeah. Do you find that the storytelling is more effective when you're selling versus like the product itself sometimes? Hmm. I will say, I will always say that good copy, good story will never save a bad product. Like if you're putting out a bad product, like that's nothing copy should save and that's not the job of it. But I do think it is easier to sell with story. And one of the reasons why I think it's easier, it's because it's more comfortable for people to actually do like rather than writing like a really hard sales 
page and about buy this, buy that, people are much more interested of saying like, oh, well, I care about this because this is what happened to me. And now if you're struggling with the same thing, I think this could help you too. Um, that's way more natural for people. So people feel less weird about doing it, which makes it feel more comfortable for both people involved, like the reader and the person sharing the story. Which I think is kind of a shift because I can remember infomercials. And when you think about infomercials, it's all about the product. How does it work? What does it do? You know, you never really talked about the the founder or anybody within the company. It was all about like, look at the product. But I think with social media, it really has shifted more to, to you know, we want to know more about the person or more about like, you know, me interviewing you, asking you more about the story behind it so that I can relate to it a little bit more than just the product itself. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that that is the expectation for everyone now. Um, even, you know, as you buy or I buy, you're definitely looking at the person you're purchasing from and you're definitely curious to find out, well, like, why are, like, like, why are you here? You want to learn more about the people that you're hearing from, right? Like, I listen to your podcast, so of course I'm going on your social media. I'm trying to find out a little bit more about you. Like, it's just such a natural thing for everybody for us to do now. And studies are showing that more people are buying from brands specifically because they share their values. Like, and it's actually, it's not like people will pay more for a brand that they believe in people will pay more for a brand that they relate to mm-hmm. um you know it's kind of like why certain people can sell planners like there's a million planners on the market but somebody wants it from you because they know you they know your story they feel like you get it or you have something that they want and they're trusting you to get them to the other side Gotcha. Okay. So say I have a business and I'm thinking about getting into digital marketing. Is there different messages for different platforms or different products that work better on different platforms? Like how do you, how do you approach that? Cause I feel like that could be very overwhelming for someone who's never done it before. You know, it's definitely overwhelming, but the way that we approach it is that we do a, like, it's more of a branded content strategy. And then we figure out the best ways to distribute it. And that's almost the last thing we think about because we want the messages to be cohesive across platform. What's the one is visiting your social media, like on Instagram or heading to your YouTube page, they sign up for a freebie, like they read your email email or web copy. We want that seamless experience, right? We don't want you to sound entirely different on Instagram than you do on YouTube. That being said, there are different things for each platform. There are there are ways to tricks and things to do on Instagram that necessarily wouldn't work on YouTube. And there are some things on YouTube that work better than on Instagram. But that is like way towards the end. Like, but we want to make sure no matter what content is going out, it still has that message. It still has that feel. It's still your brand. And then we can tweak it to the nuances of whatever platform we've decided on. Gotcha. Can you give us one tip maybe from one of those platforms that you see works better? So what's a good example? I feel like so many people can do, you know, videos and shorts and reels and YouTube and TikTok. It's, it, it can be a lot of information that's out there, but if you don't know how to utilize each of those platforms, then you're kind of wasting your time. Right. Like for example, like Instagram, like you really need, uh, you need the engagement. Like Instagram is an engagement based platform. Like really like if you want any sort of traction there, like 
And I'm not even talking about to become like, you know, a huge influencer. I'm talking about just being able to find like-minded people and potential customers and networking opportunities there. You have to be active, right? Like you have to spend some time there. There's really no other way to sugarcoat it. Like you're really looking at 20 minutes a day minimum to really get your account going and, and keep it going. Um, other platforms aren't like that. Like if you go onto Pinterest, for example, you don't have to go and do a lot of engagement. Like, honestly, it's kind of a waiting game for when it gets picked up. Like you have your SEO and things like that. And I know that Instagram is because, or I'm sorry, Pinterest engagement is becoming more and more of a thing, but you know, for now, like that's just like a different nuance. So like knowing how you want to spend your time and where you want to spend your time can really help you. But I think ultimately platform selection really comes down to where your audience is hanging out. Yeah, that's very true, right? Because if you're um, selling something to maybe, you know, 50 year old or plus, you're not necessarily on TikTok, but you could be too. Yeah, you're exactly like you're probably not like selling on threads or going to be on threads if you're looking for, you know, it, it's just like this a different kind of person. It's a different kind of atmosphere, different platforms serve like different communities and different ways of communicating. So, you know, it really does depend on a lot on what your audience wants to see from you. Yeah. So when a, a client hires you to help them and say that they're just starting off and they haven't really utilize correctly any of the the platforms walk through kind of what that process looks like for a client and then how long before hopefully they see some type of return or engagement on it because I know that you can't just hire you for a month and say oh I didn't get anything and then you're done because it doesn't work that way right it doesn't work that way it's cumulative right and it's organic so we're not paying for for any of the results that we're getting um but so basically a client comes to me and the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to sit down for like about an hour and a half two hours and we're going to do exactly that process that i talked to you about like we're going to dive really deep we're going to figure out the goals how like the tactics that you're going to implement and i write down an entire like branded content strategy from there we go into content pillars. Like I, again, like I take all this information that you told me and I turn it into like a, a plan. <laughs> um, so the content pillars, and that includes everything from like your core messages to the SEO we'll use to, um, I'm a copywriter and a content strategist. So like all my strategies are infused with like buyer psychology and all this copywriting. So I actually just include the pain points and the transformations provided right in the content pillars because I feel like mm -hmm. that's why we're talking about them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I always put that in there with like, you know, whatever the person's unique take is on that, like all the information that I need to know, like everything I need to hit in this subcategory, this is like their, like that, this is how I will capture like who, essentially who they are and like why it matters to an audience. And then from there, we, um, we clean up profiles like the two weeks from that meeting initial meeting to like when we actually start posting like in that two weeks aside from me building out the strategy but 
we just go in and clean up profiles. Like we just make sure the SEO is right. Like we clean up, like make sure links aren't broken and and all of that stuff to just make sure that when we are starting to post where we're not working against ourselves, um, we're optimized, we're ready to go, we're primed for success, right? The the foundations are in place. And then, you know, and then we're putting out content. Then we, we like, we'll, if they are starting from scratch and we don't have an audit, like that's okay, we'll start from scratch. But most of the time people are just kind of like, they have something, but it's not, it's not working. And so that's what we do an audit in the beginning as well, like if need be. And then we take all that data, all those stories we talked about, all the pain points and transformations, and we start turning in that into content. Uh, we basically, we think of like the relatable angles and we think about what what messages do my, does my audience need to hear? Um, are we planning for any launches coming up? Anything like that, we, it gets distributed on a, on a content, content calendar. And then honestly, the client doesn't really have to do anything. We literally just, we, we kind of act as like a marketing team and we do the engagement and then uh, they usually just hear from us like weekly with an update. And then uh, like once a month, we'll do kind of like a mini interview session again, just to keep things fresh and keep things moving. Yeah. Is it helpful for them to create more videos and content for you to help, you know, mix it up a little bit on what you're posting? Yeah. So we always consider this, right? Like I would never, like if you came to me and you're just like, I will absolutely never dance on a reel. Like you will never have a dancing reel. Like that would never happen. But you know, if it was something like, I'm not strong on camera now, but I'd like to be strong on camera. Then we could like every other week, we'll do a talking head reel. We'll, we'll, we'll coach you through stories. We'll give you scripts and things like that. So we'll like ease you, like we'll, we'll ease you into it until you feel comfortable. And then we can start adding more, but we will always meet the client where they're at on that. But then, yeah, like we usually just have them film what we need them to film or capture some B-roll that we need. And then they just send us the raw file and we'll edit the video for them. Like, again, they don't have to worry about it. Like they just have to like check. Yes. If it, if it works for them. And then we, we take care of the rest. And that's awesome. It's like a full service shop, right? So then they really don't have to do much on it anymore. Um, talk about like, um, cause in, I was very naive till probably about a year ago when it came to social media and who messages me. I used to think that like the person that I thought was really cool was messaging me, but then I found out sometimes it's not, it's someone on their staff, you know? Um, yeah. so that, that broke my heart for a little bit, but now that I know that, you know, now that I know it's like, um, do you guys also handle their, their messaging, if they have a product to sell or they have an upcoming event and you're reaching out to see interest, do you guys help with that piece of their social media as well? Yeah. For one of the clients we do, but they're, they're not the face of their brand. Um, but they're just an organist. I mean, they're not just an organist, they're a nonprofit, but it's a, like, we handle their, their, um, their DMs, like they don't touch it. And then what we do is like, we relay the, like the ones that we can't answer ourselves with like basic, like answers to frequently asked questions. Then we just pass it along to the client to 
say like, please respond to this or let us know what you want to say to this. Um, but then the other, our other um, client, she is the face of her brand and she actually answers all her messages herself. And, and we actually encourage that, especially if you are the face of your brand. Of course, like, again, we're willing to help with like frequently asked questions and delivering links and, and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, a, a big part of it is to build a community. Most brands come to me because they want an online community and we say you know you got to show up for that community and do some engagement like we we're there for extra and like well and we capture your voice and all of that but it's good to have a pulse on you know what what's going on in your communities if you want to be a community leader yeah and as and just funny side note is can you create scripts or responses to people who get unsolicited messages and like can I turn that into business somehow? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could absolutely like we could absolutely do that. Like unsolicited, you could we could set up auto generator like messages. Um, absolutely. And then, you know, some sometimes that's really helpful for people. Like honestly, I like personally, I have a hard time like giving up. Like I my account's my account, and I feel like I've had like a really strong community there that I'm I've they've been in we've been in community for years, you know. So at this point, I feel like they're just my people. So it's like really rare. Like like nobody like you will never no one on that account will ever answer and it not be me. Like I just feel really strongly about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, autoresponders are great. I especially if it's like if somebody knows that they're interested in something and we can do an autoresponder to get them into a sign up form page or something like that like absolutely we would we would do that as well yeah i was thinking more of the line long lines of you know they're coming at you completely off topic and then my autoresponder would then say hey are you a female business owner you know something like that want to be on my podcast instead of you know respond not responding but also not engaging in the unsolicited messages as well so I'll yeah, I'll work answer, on that. It's a, it's a little, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it gets interesting, especially now with like the AI automated comments and things like that of like, oh, do I even have to answer this? This is yeah. like, not the, like clearly a person didn't actually write this. I don't think I want to talk to the machine. Gotcha. If you have a new business owner, maybe that's just starting out and they don't quite have a budget yet to hire an amazing company like yours how do they start somewhere until they can get to a place where they can hire a company? Well, I will say that we have a ton of resources that are uh, free or, or like low cost, like the membership and um, my blogs, like every, the Instagram, like there are very detailed things there that could really help you out when you're starting. And I definitely recommend checking some of those out, but really what you want to do is just figure out where you're trying to go. Like, what do you need to, I always, um, I always work in quarters. You mentioned before, like how long does it take to work? Right. Like, so you're going to want to give yourself like six to nine months. Um, but I always work in 90 day quarters because that's enough time to test something and tweak it and then move on. Like you don't want to stay exactly where you are. Like you want to ideally be improving every month, like build on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so like usually about like, you know, six to nine months, like you've really got in there, like you're, you've been consistent, you're consistently putting out your message, like you're showing up, people trust you, like that's when like, things start to click. Um, 
so yeah, like I always work in like this 90 day quarter. So I would want to know, well, how much money do I need to make? How many products do I need to sell? How many products do I need to sell to make the thing I need to make? I'm going to assume that, you know, I'm going to need, I'm going to convert it 2%, right? Like 2% is a great number to know because that is like basically the average conversion rate. So if you want, you know, if you want two sales, then you need to drive a hundred people to a sales page to convert it 2%, right? Mm -hmm. So like, then you're going to have a pretty good idea of how much traffic you need to get to this website to hit your sales goals. Right. And then I, and then it's like, okay, well, how much content do I need to put out to get enough people to that sales page to hit my sales goals? Or like, what other avenues can I do to drum in sales? Can I, you know, if you know, if I wanted, for example, like if I wanted to get on podcasts, like I would put out thought leadership content and like see if it attracts people like you, like if people, yeah, like I meet people who want to interview me for their podcasts all the time. And it's actually really great for me because then I, I'm a solopreneur. Like I have an assistant who helps me with my agency side, but we're intentionally small. We love to, we, some of our clients have literally been with us for, for, almost as long as I've been open. Like we, we had like, we have a really like family and like close knit vibe here because we're doing those interview conversations and we, mm -hmm. we go deep, you know? So, um, like when I don't have to pitch myself to a podcast and I could use my content as a way to get noticed and get asked on a podcast, it saves me so much time. Like instead of like researching podcasts and making pitch letters and making a pitch deck and a media kit and all these things, like if I can create content that gets you to come to me, then I've just saved myself so much time. Yes. And it's working. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like the, uh, And like, that's really what content should be doing for you. So in that very beginning stage, you're just trying to figure out what you want your content to do for you. Like, like, are you trying to attract clients to a sales page? Are you trying to build a community? Are you trying to grow your following? Are you like, like, what is the goal here? Like, are you trying to get on some podcasts or be seen as a thought leader? Like, you really got to think about what you want your content to do for you in the next 90 days and plan. And then from there, you're planning accordingly. You know, if you need, um, you know, if you need like a thousand people on your sales page, then well, maybe you're posting five times a week, then, right? If you are booked out this season and like really right now, you're just trying to maintain your Instagram presence while you work on your client work and you have and you don't need to like go hard on sales, then maybe you go down to three days a week and you just kind of like maintain your community, try to invite people into your community, keep talking about your messages, don't go away. Even when you're booked, just keep talking about your messages, keep saying it, you know, it's better to have a wait list, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what good content should do for you. It should give you a wait list yeah. um, or, or just whatever. Hire, yeah, hire out a professional. Just get, let, let someone else handle that and you run your business. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a lot of moving parts and I know how overwhelming that content can be. That, that honestly, like that is why I have the membership because I know how overwhelming it is. And I, and I think a lot of people say the word strategy and have like very little idea what that actually means. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like it's definitely 
it's perplexing out there. Like there's a lot of bad and vague marketing advice. And honestly, like, that's why I set it up. It's just like, it's not, <laughs> it's, I, I always get like a little ashamed of like, oh, it's not really fancy. Like I'm not like this guru or whatever, it, but it's very straightforward. It's easy to understand. It's, it's made to give you real results, not overnight, right? Like I really believe that, you know, the ability to really voice your message and put it into content is like one of the single best skills that you could have mm. uh, in a world that just values just you know really great content in really short amounts of time like your ability to say it succinctly is like truly going to be your greatest asset so you know teaching and working on that and like really taking time to cultivate that message like that's that's really like where you're going to see the improvement over time. That's great. You've given us so much valuable information, Cindy. Truly appreciate that. I have a fun question for you as we start to wrap up the podcast. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Can I clone myself? Because that's really what I feel like. I <laughs> Clone yourself's good, but also your brain. It's like you got to clone the brain and make sure it works exactly the same. Yes, that's exactly what I need. If I could just get something like that, then that would be my superpower. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that, that I think that's my superpower. Awesome. So Cindy, if our audience wants to get in touch with you, I know you're in lots of different areas, but how do they reach you? So the best way to find me is at Ascent underscore Storycraft on Instagram and Pinterest and kind of everywhere else. Um, and I'm always in the DMs. Like I said, like it really is me answering. I'll always get in touch. Um, I, I love chatting it up there. Um, you can also find me on my website, cindyzaweski.com. Um, and yeah, like uh, Insta like all the things, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, <laughs> Yeah. And your, your blog that you were talking about, is that on your website too? That is. Yeah. The blog is on the website and yeah, there's a search bar, anything you need there. I've, I've probably covered it in the yeah. past year. Awesome. Cindy, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of empower her money podcast. Make sure you leave me a five-star review, share this podcast, subscribe, and share the message. Mm -hmm.